This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. There are 99 reasons to hate Brighton. Homophobia. Homophobia. Doesn't need to be one of them. Follow us on Twitter at Proud and Palace. I've got literally no idea what I'm doing. This is good. There was a football match last night, Chris. Yeah. It's, I was it's, there. The atmosphere was excellent. Yeah. I've been making too much fuss about the result. And uh, yeah. there's lots to talk about on the whole we, radio. Thought, thought we were going to lose anyway, didn't we? Then we lost and everyone's crying. Um, hello and welcome to Homestar Radio. My name is Chris Hamblin. <laughs> and this is, a, this is a podcast, as you'll, you'll know, because the fact that you downloaded it from a podcast supplying place. Um. Rather than do a proper intro, as you'll know, I'm just going to get straight into things and introduce my panel. Um, it's Lucy White. Hello. No, you, you haven't been on for a while. Long time no speak. Exactly. Uh, I'm going to argue with you today. Oh, I think that was the proposal. Um, <laughs> yeah. You're lucky that um, I've done an entire day's work for the first time in a long time. And I've barely got a voice, but I'm still going to argue with you. And no doubt the next man's going to back you up. 100%. It's DR Kernos. Oh, hello. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> Sorry man. I didn't, I didn't want to interrupt you while you were drinking water there. But that's... We, we don't need this video rubbish. People to see us while we're doing it, do we? No. Exactly. No, Although it's just reminded me I forgot to get a drink. So this is going to be a very short show because I'm thirsty and my voice is going. Um, yeah, I mean, I was obviously on the, the... Oh, sorry, I forgot to introduce you as well, Nick. I was just going on about myself for a while. Then. Yeah, talking about um, drinks, the shop shots. I've got I've got one tea bag left. <laughs> well, there we go. Uh, that's Nick Gillard. You probably know him from his Watch work up. on Homestead Radio. Um, it's been on it a while. But irreplaceable, though, Nick. That's the thing with you. Um, no one quite yeah. like you. Until they've... Yeah. There's no one quite like Grandma, either. <laughs> Another, another reference no one will get. Brilliant. <laughs> anyway, um, I want to. I'm sorry to uh, drop the tone into something a little uh, somber before we get into the game, which will obviously be somber as well. But um, I've not seen if there's been a, a name released yet. But I've uh, read uh, part of the thread on the BBS about unfortunately some fellow Palace supporter uh, dropping dropping dead unfortunately before the game. From a, from a heart attack, and obviously, just want to say, everyone on Homestead Radio, thoughts with the the family. I believe um, 
I think it was his nephew was posting on on the BBS saying he was a guy in his seventies or seven, who might have been exactly seventy who, you know, just lived and breathed Palace like the rest of us, and you know, just go there queuing up waiting to watch watch the Palace again. I think you know a lot of us think we'll probably end up going that way. You know, a heart attack watching Palace, and in a way, it's you know as tragic as it is. In a way, you know, when you're a dedicated Palace fan, it's almost how you how you want to go and. I understand his favourite thing to do, you know, when he ended a conversation was say up the palace. So I'll just say up the palace to him and uh, and obviously his family and friends as well. Uh, very, very sad that um, you go out to watch uh, watch a game and you don't go home. But there we go. A bit, bit sombre as was the, um, as was the result, but it, it started so well. Um, not too much change from the, the previous game, but we did have Jeffrey Schlupp returning um, with, Joe Riedeval drop into the bench. And um, what well, we're talking about on the preview show, we didn't quite expect it really until Zaha was back. But Roy went for the 4 4 2 and, uh, and stuck the two big ones up front with uh, Serloff and, and Ben Teke partnering up top. Um, and they really did, for, for a lot of the game, add a, a huge physical presence at the top there that, that worried the United centre backs who, you know, Smalling and uh, is it Lindelof, um, you know, aren't aren't a particularly, um, you know, well-experienced partnership together. And I think Roy did the right thing in doing that. But um, so I'll start with you, Dio. What, what did you think of, of how we, we started the game and, and, and Roy's game plan in playing that 4-4-2? Um, yeah, I think it was the correct game plan. Um, we saw it early on in the game. We When we started lifting balls over the top, um Smalling and Lindoff, they were both struggling, and Benteke and Serloff done a great job. So I think it was a, I think it was the right choice. Um, Schlupp starting out wide instead of Serloff, they caused uh, both Benteke and uh, Serloff in early stage of the game. They caused uh, havoc for the Man United defenders. But yeah, I think it was a great, uh, the correct game plan. You know, obviously, Riedavar hasn't done too much wrong uh, to be to be dropped out of the team. Uh, Lucy, but um, again, like Dr, do you see the sense in what we did, despite the fact we did end up losing the game? If we, you know, focus on how we actually approached it, was it something you were happy with, or did you just the frustration get the better of you, and you think we could have done more? No, no, I, I agree. I, I think as um, I think we were really unlucky to lose them in the manner that we did. It was just a, it was a a wonder strike as it always is against us that sort of punished us. But I mean, there were a couple of mistakes, um, but then, you know, United made mistakes as well. So it was kind of even, but I was, I was really happy with the way that we played, um, you know, to go, go one up, one nil up at half time and just, you know, it was a really positive performance, I think, uh, despite the fact that we lost. Yes. It's a real kick in the teeth, especially, you know, injury time, losing it, it it's just the worst feeling you know we all we all know the opposite feeling when you get an injury time winner is just one of the best things in football but mm. you know obviously you know the, the you know the opposite's true um nick did you think that uh, it's your our first lock look sorry as um at Serloff, as a as a straightforward striker how did you think he did um and you know the obvious comparisons with the current whipping boy in, in Ben Teke. What would you you know think of the two working together and the individual performances? Well, just just to go back to um, Schlup, he's got speed. I don't know if Riedewald is as fast as Schlup, and and you can see why 
Roy would would choose the speed, oh, especially oh, with, with the um, with, well, with, with the likes of the opposition. Um, Shurlov, yeah, he did fine. He he was wandering about a bit from time to time, as was Benteke, and I think that was the game plan. What was difficult was it was um, the two front men having to find each other because a lot of the time, uh, particularly in the second half, the rest of the team were playing so deep that they they weren't able to do as much as perhaps they could if, if we had a centre-attacking mid- midfielder tucked in behind them or, or somebody from the wing coming in. Dear. <laughs> How do you know Dio was just um, I did, I said, It's not exactly. <laughs> we're not, we're not, not using our usual chat tool, so um, I it think came it, up on I, my screen in, from the Facebook. I, I think we probably, I think we, you know, I think guys, guys, you know, Sam can edit this bit out. If we open Slack, I think, I think Dio's freaked out because of it. <laughs> I think we're just, like, just said, I'm, I'm psychic. I'll leave you a gap without telling you. When you speak in it, what is your problem? <laughs> not even answering now. Yeah, I'm back. All right, okay, okay. So, I mean, you know, Sam, you've got to tidy this up in the edit just to make it sound professional. I'm sure you'll definitely bother. Um, Mikey wouldn't. No, he absolutely wouldn't. No, no. Uh, and that's why I've killed him. So, <laughs> right, <laughs> keep that oh, in case he was still alive earlier on today. Anyway, <laughs> that's all I can definitely say about him. Um, or was he? Or was he? Yeah, am I covering my tracks? Just trying to buy that extra bit of time. Um, so I'm just making sure all of you guys got Slack open so you know when you're going to speak now, right? Oh, we're opening Slack now, are we? Yeah, we are. Yeah. We're doing it. Just the DR. Just so we use up more memory and oh. the sound quality goes down. He's not going to cope, though, is he? When he cause... DR, why can't you just talk? I can talk. I can, no, I'm just, you can well, just jump in. You, you, you all sounded like robots. I just heard the... So I thought... You was calling me, but I couldn't right. hear the rest of it. So your internet connection fade up. Okay, fine. I've opened Slack though. Okay, oh, it's, it's there if you need if you, if you need it. <laughs> wow, wow. Okay. So where we were, we we're just talking about the fact that we're playing the four four two, and uh, obviously a little bit of a comment on on the two frontmen. <laughs> but you, you brought up Jeff Schlup, um there, Nick, and it was an interesting selection. I, I wondered which of the two, and we talked about it again on preview show. Um, you know, if we did go that way, which of the two would play in the more forward position? But it was really good to see Van Arnholt and Schlupp work together pretty well. Um, and I think I think it's weird to see that we kind of missed that balance um, that that gives you. So very good to see them back. And it was that's you know that's why we ended you know the first half one nil up and played pretty well. Man United were were poor though, Lucy, weren't they in that first half? They were. You know, second to every ball, and, and, and Palace kind of outmuscled them a little bit until the last sort of few minutes of the first half. What did, what did you make of? Was it more about how well Palace played, or was it you know the fact that, that Man United started the game poorly and perhaps were caught a little cold by our tactics? Well, if you listen to radio shows and read the papers, then it's because Man United were poor and Pogba's not on form and and Sanchez is um, rubbish, but. I actually think that we wanted it more and you could see that the spirit was um, 
the spirit was big, bigger in us and we just played better than them that's, that's it's plain and simple we 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 were more on the pace than them and we just looked just looked better just as simple as that but if you listen like I say if you listen to other other um podcasts and things like that it's it was all about man united being rubbish yeah it often is often is the way isn't it nick that's absolute cobblers though we all know it is we it just makes a mockery of how much these players are paid because pogba was no good until the second half he looked a lump that didn't know what to do they they all looked rather portly manchester united i thought and uh a very, 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 very good championship team because I think that's what we were yesterday. We're not quite a premiership grade yet, but that, with that lineup, that's taking all the players that are injured out. But a very, very good championship team had Man United on the ropes for that first half almost because they didn't know what they were doing. They couldn't pass the ball. They they were getting angry with each other. And the only reason we lost, in my opinion, is because they had depth on the bench. We had two blokes that never played in the first team before. Damien Delaney, and we know what happened last time he came on after we played well for a whole game. And, um, <laughs> you know. So, um, I, I, you know, you, you've, you've drifted onto a topic I was going to come to, which was the, I, I was asked at work by a Man United fan, um, you know, what, what, what did I you know, think of the game and how gutted was I and all that sort of stuff. And I said, look, to be honest, when I saw at halftime you bring on Marcus Rash, Rashford and later on there's a double substitution, you bring it on Juan Mata and you bring it on Luke Shaw. Basically, you're taking off a defence and putting on an attack. And I look over our, our bench and it may as well be, we might as well have replaced the bench with a, you know, a punnet of strawberries and a bunch of potatoes. And <laughs> like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It was like, and that's not, I'm not trying to be too, to be disrespectful to the players out there, but you didn't look at our bench and think we've got people on there that can change this or take advantage of the fact that Man United have gone a bit gung-ho here. You know, we, we have nothing to change it. And obviously that's that's down to injuries. But um, go on, Dio, I'll bring you in now. Or I won't if you're on mute. I mean, <laughs> you're just going to... There he is. He's back, Dio. You all right, mate? No, he's gone yeah, again. Uh, oh, there uh, he is. Um... Yeah, 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 I'm here. Going back, going back to the point um, when Nick said that we haven't played enough of these players, but um, exactly that—that's another thing. We haven't seen enough of Rakip. How do we know that he couldn't actually make an impact yesterday? To be honest, so I'm going to pick up from from the point that Dr was making about um, you know how do we know that the likes of Yak and, and Rakip couldn't make a, a difference? And I think that's a fair point. And but and, and it goes down to a bit of criticism that's come in Hodgson's way. Uh, in, in the, over the last few weeks, we've talked about his reticence to use substitutions. He did make one sub. Obviously, um, it was a risk to put Schlapp in for the full 90, so he took him off and put Riedeveld on, um, which didn't have the desired effect of shoring things up anyway, unfortunately. But, you know, he's not taken that chance for the extra few minutes here and there to, to see if Rakip can make a difference because he's looked decent for the under-23s, but... You know, what was the point of going out and signing the guy if he never plays? Same with, you know, Yaxa's permanent signing, so that's a little bit different. But it just adds to the to the complete mystery of why we went out and signed, signed Rakip in the first place. Um, if he's not going to make any contribution. How many games have we got left this season now? Nine. Nine games left. How do we know he was not there to contribute on the training pitch because Roy Hodgson wanted to bring a certain type of player for them to play against? I, I think that that's clutching at 
not even straws. The straws were taken. The straws, yeah, but the straws were removed a long time ago. You're clutching <laughs> at the place where the straws were probably 25 well, no, the straws, years. Previously. The straws have been banned because of David Attenborough. So you know, <laughs> a, he's a play that we're going to have for the championship. Yeah, well, we won't know because he's alone. <laughs> we're not going to spend the 10 million quid to get him, and we're not going to go down. Well, there is that. We'll, we'll get into that in a, in, in, in a minute. <laughs> Look, let's let's quickly review. The, obviously, we, we did go one 0 up in the game. It was, um, you know, it's only about ten minutes in, moving the ball around quite well um, after a sluggish start from Man United, and we kind of got a bit of confidence from that. Um, it was a ball out to, to Benteke in a wide area, and he and he held it up well, and then sort of, you know, moved towards goal pretty well, and um, you know, plays a very very calm, decent pass to Townsend. Is at first when you see it, you know, you think it's gone straight in, but. Huge, uh, huge deflection off the defender and, and goes into the top corner for a, for a goal. But Richie deserved it at the time, and you know I think I think Sellers really needed that because it, it lifted. I think it lifted all of us really, didn't it? Um, I, I, I was about to say he's about to say Dr, but I can't can't read what he um, what he said, so I'll go to Eunuch on that. Yeah, it did did lift the crowd, and it actually made us believe and. Roy Hodgson in his press conference before the game, well, on, on Thursday, was it? I can't remember when he had it, um, was talking about the important part that the crowd players are 12 man. And I, I think we did a decent effort. Did a decent effort. Edit that out. <laughs> oh, Lucy, Lucy, do you agree with me? Did we do a do- decent effort there? The crowd? Yes. Yes, yeah, the... it was. I um, I was actually sat with a Man United fan and all you could hear the whole time was Palace singing and I was like, sort of unconsciously singing along. And um, he was like, do you do this all the time? I was just like, that's all we do. We sing all the time. Once once that atmosphere's going, that's all we do. And it was so loud until they equalise. And then you could hear the Man United fans. Uh, go on, D, I'll give it a try. Let's see how your oh, internet is. All right. <laughs> just stop me if my internet is horrible. It's good. Um, go ahead. Um, going a little bit off topic, but talking about the atmosphere this season, I have to say, it, yesterday was one of the best atmospheres we've had this season. It's been so poor. I don't understand why. Maybe because of how we started and how it's all gone along. But this season, certain games, it has been absolutely dreadful at home, and it's kind of it's kind of scary because that's what we're known for, our atmosphere. And there's been teams that have come to our ground and have shouted where's a famous atmosphere and I've agreed mm. with them because we haven't had that famous atmosphere so we need to see more of that and, and uh, I think we've got three games at home we need to see more of that because that's what we stand for and it has dropped significantly yeah I was talking about it on the previous show in relation to the, the lower Holmesdale conversation which again don't know whether it's public knowledge or not I, I believe that the, the configuration will probably stay as it is I'm not, not 100% on that but obviously the club were looking at ways to try and help enhance the atmosphere. And like I said said on the preview show, you know, either either you accept the atmosphere is dying and we're just going to become like every other Premier League club, or you try and do something about it. Now, you know, I think the the biggest problem we have is that the number of people who are we've still got a great atmosphere when the when the team lift us, but the days of us being lifting the team. And not 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 really caring what's going on on the pitch and just having a good time. Those days are pretty much gone for the majority of people because of, of the pressure and the intensity of the Premier League. Just look on 
We've said it all season, but just look on social media. Even members of the Homestar Radio crew, in fact, all of us, I would say, at different times, have been responding very negatively to stuff that we never would before because, you know, you have that level of hype in the Premier League. You have that level of intensity that tells you just how important it is. You know, you know if your club goes down, how difficult it is to get back up. You know, you, you the, everything's just... The importance of it all is just emphasised week after week after week on every Premier League programme. It's this massive product that they sell. And you, you can't help get sucked in unless you unless you try and try and avoid it and stop watching football. Try being um, a Dulwich Hamlet fan, eh? You know, you wanted to, you mentioned you were gonna bring that up. The club yeah. do they trademark a chant or something? I don't know. No, no, what happened is, you know, the Rio Ferdinand's tried to buy them. Um I know quite a few Palace fans go down there. So they'll, they'll be more knowledgeable than I. So if they could tweet about it. But um, basically, the company that owned the, the ground have now somehow been able to trademark Dulwich Hamlet FC, um, the Hamlet, and something other spurious kind of linked to the club so that the club can't actually use it anymore. That's ridiculous. That's... But, um, you know, that, and that's obviously that's a whole other, <laughs> a whole yeah. other topic. Yeah. But... Can I talk about the crowd, please? Of course you can. Do you remember back in the day when um, this show was a bit more ramshackle than it is now? And um, we just got promoted and we were talking about teams like Stoke and how um, their, their ground, Victoria ground, hadn't got that much atmosphere because they'd been up a few years, but they'd been well known for their support. I just hope we're not getting that. Um I think things weren't helped when uh, we played Brighton away um, with 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 what went on there, and I think when when there's so much at stake and when you think you're going to lose, you should be more supportive and, and louder. But it it's right. There's a malaise, isn't there? Here's the thing, though. Nick. I mean, first of all. What you're talking about with Stoke, 100% agree. We did say that when we got up in the Premier League. First year, we went round. Again, I did. I think I did majority of the away games first year. And I said the same thing pretty much after every away game. What? Why are they so quiet? What's, what's the matter with them? Is this what the Premier League does to teams? It is, and it has happened to us. Um, absolutely. That. But yeah, go we're still better than all of them. They're still, well, they're still shit oh, us. We're ju- just about. Just about, I would say. Last year, we've got four games left and they, they're win-at-all-cost kind of games, aren't they now? We're getting to the, that end of the season, uh, whatever the opposite of early doors is. Um, and late windows. Closing time. Sorry, Rachel? Final curtains. Well done, Rachel. That's a bit of input from Mrs Gusset there. And um, <laughs> the, the atmosphere is going to be there. It's well, I, I buy your confidence. My, 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 my plea to all people who listen to this podcast, just get behind it. We were the 12th man yesterday. We nearly beat Bang United. Let's, let's just bloody do it. Well, yeah, but the operative know. word there is nearly. We didn't beat them. Yes, so but that understand. was because there were reasons for that, Lucy. It wasn't because of the crowd. We, we, well, I'll let, can, I, can I say this? Because we were going to keep it short because the shop shuts soon. Well, yeah, we, go on. We lost because our players were knackered. We didn't have anybody else to bring in off the bench. And as you alluded to earlier, Chris, they had superstars coming on. I wasn't too sad about it. Well, I was unhappy that we lost. But we gave a really bloody good account of ourselves. And I can only see positives. And I'm sure you'll talk about um, 
a certain right back. So right. I, I, I want to I want to give Lucy the right reply to that and, and Dr's view as well. But there's something I really want to say before I, before I get into that is a comment you made, Nick. Uh, and it's, it's a little bit to what I was talking about as well with the intensity of the Premier League. And you said, you know, oh, because it all matters so much. And that, to me, that is the crux of the problem with the atmosphere and, and the general attitude of all the fans at the moment, really. And I, I include myself in it. I do. I'm not having a go at anyone. I, you know, we're all we're all guilty of what I'm about to talk about. And that is believing that it matters so much. Mm. It does. It does it. Ask yourself that question. Not does supporting Palace matter? Because it does. We're Palace fans. You know, everyone who's on this show spends their free time talking about Palace for nothing. You know, so we're obviously dedicated Palace fans. So it's not about the dedication to the club, but it's about believing that the situation we're in is, you know, akin to sort of, you know, a family member dying or, you know, you're losing your job or your relationship breaking up. It isn't. How many of us have been through been through relegation before? Within within a couple of months, you're over it. You know, it annoys you. It's not great, and particularly if rival clubs are doing great as well, you kind of think, "Oh God, that's annoying." But then the next season, you're supporting your club again, just as you always were. And I think people have just got so so carried away. But you know, bear in mind this is the longest we've ever been in the top division. So maybe that's just. All football fans, it's in their nature to get like that. The longer you're in the top league, the more it matters to you. And you and you fear... We shouldn't fear the worst. If the worst happens, the worst is relegation to the second tier and a different type of football and a different type of challenge. But something that we've all done before, we've all seen before, and we've all enjoyed as well in the past, as well as hated at various times. Would, would you have got to um, talk to a very drunk Neil Dans? If uh, well, in the Premier League at that time, no, exactly. I, I, you know, I, in in the Championship, you know, we got all sorts of time to wander around and talk to various different people. We never would have had an opportunity to talk around because there wasn't that focus on the club. Listen, it's a, it's a, an annoyance. It's a, and it is a, it is at the time, it's a disaster. My point is the the react the scale of the reaction from everybody is is over the top, and we don't see it. All of us don't see it. You know. Um, when we're reacting because you know we're emotionally invested in it of course we are but when you actually stop and think and you actually look at it and you think yeah we messed up we really messed up last transfer window we, we did we messed it up but uh, okay move on carry on supporting palace sorry to derail everything there so <laughs> lucy you were talking about the atmosphere and then we'll get dr um, well you were, yeah. you were sort of responding to nick that was what you were trying to do my point was that, yeah, I know it wasn't the atmosphere that was why we lost. I know that's not the reason, but it does have an effect on the players. So the minute that, you know, they equalise and the crowd are deflated, do you not think the players are going to be deflated? And it's all it all has a knock-on effect. Yeah. But I think the Palace fans do have a right to be pissed off at that performance because... We should have. I knew. I knew we were going to lose as soon as they equalised. And yeah, it's just, it's just it's very frustrating because we shouldn't have lost. Well, oh, it's, it's difficult. Go on, go on. I know Dr's forgotten his point. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, no, I just I, I I understand what you're saying, but when you say when you say we got we should be angry with that performance, we could be angry about moments. We can be frustrated with certain yeah. players, I guess. 
at certain times point. or we can but i mean overall i think when you when you're again when you sort of try to take a bit of the emotion out of it and you look at what happened i think what we talked about earlier with the bench situation does sum it up i think if, you know us at our best versus them at their best we'd lose but that's never what you get you get a combination of form availability of players and all this stuff which is why half the time lower clubs beat bigger clubs but mm. i think you know yesterday wasn't i, I just felt we had we, we had no answer to the risks that they took i think that, that and there it is that's as good as it gets on this stage nissan townstar ev strikes again it's an unstoppable van unstoppable Look, just fantastic you can actually see the pro pilot technology in action effortless parallel parking it moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty and with a bench full of all-star van experts there's real strength in depth here that's all-star quality search nissan townstar ev and visit your local all-star van center to see for yourself Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. You in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. That's where the game was lost for me. It wasn't. It was that we couldn't respond to the changes that they made. We had to. We had to continue as we were. And when you talk about where where the, the inevitability came in, the inevitability came in as soon as we we conceded the really really soft first goal from them, um, which I hated, absolutely hated. Obviously, before that, we had a you know start the second half. It was great to see very quick thinking from Jeff Schlupp, putting in Patrick Van Arnholt. Used his pace to get away while most people were looking around, wondering what the hell was going on. Nice little finish, two 0 up, and we're in we're in absolute dreamland. But it was not that long after that, you know, that we get a little bit of pressure. And again, talking about the second goal, I'm just I hate to do this because I mean, Terence has already slagged me off for it. But I look at that the, the goal, and it's just so soft. There's two huge errors, and I'm going to say the biggest error is James Tompkins not going with the rest of the defence. Because, you know, everyone else steps up bar him and he plays two Man United players on side, one of whom is small, small and he just heads it in. But that that cross in as well, it's just lofted up. It's not, it's not a fast, pacey cross. If you've got a goalkeeper that's aware, you know, he comes out and he catches that. But that's up the other end. David De Gea comes out and catches that. Or makes the wonder save like he did against uh, against Penteke earlier on. Uh, sorry, later on in the game. But I was incredibly frustrated with Hennessy's performance as a whole because I felt he looked like a, a rabbit in headlights from minute one. I had no confidence in him. I've seen him when he's had good games of late. He's looked assured. He's looked to try and dominate his his area. Now he flapped at everything. He had a very very early. Um, one where the ball just went straight through his hands when he was trying to come out and collect it. And I think he never got his composure back from that. And whilst you look at the goals we did concede, there's no way he's doing anything about the third one. The second one, I have an issue with him not following the ball, but um, on the initial time he hits the bar. But overall, guys, let's talk about it again. Am I being harsh, Dion? Yes. Oh, and Nick. <laughs> <laughs> 
I don't think you're being harsh, but I think it's our it's our fault that we're in this situation. I've said this before, and I'm going to say it again. We should have sold Hennessy in the summer. It's not like Hennessy has magically been underperforming this season. It was like that last season, and uh, the relationship between the fans and Hennessy has been toxic since last season. So I never thought it would work out, no matter how good Hennessy plays or how bad he plays. It will always be toxic. So as a result, I think we should have we should have sold him in the summer, got a new goalkeeper, but we didn't, and now we're paying for our mistakes. We've got Diego Cavallari. I don't know what to expect from him. I've never heard of him, no, but no. I guess I guess I guess we should start him next game because we're not gonna. It's not gonna change much. Hennessy's been yeah. one game on, one game off, one game on, one game off. It's just frustrating. There's no consistency, and I'm just annoyed. And, and Nick, you say you know enough about Hennessy in the chat there, and I get the point you're making. We say we talk about him every week, and you know again we're talking about, but but. For me, you, you, you know, Kelly and Tompkins spent the whole game not knowing what the hell he was going to do. Is that not a problem for you? Um, it is a problem for me. Um, what Hennessy epitomises Palace, yeah. In the first half, one moment he did that star jump save that um, Peter Schmeichel was so famous for, and it was excellent. That, that was sheer luck. No, he <laughs> mothered down the shot. You look at him, he just went and he just made himself big and he made he showed absolutely no fear. Mm. And then a couple of minutes later, you had that cross that went through his hands. And that just epitomises Palace. Mo- moments of brilliance cap- uh, capped with moments of abject failure. And that's what Palace is. It's just a metaphor for us. I think... I think I can't remember who, who said this. It was just apparently I think, but I know this, um, the person who from the quote the quotes from was Jason Cundy was on was talking on uh, I think well I think he's talk sport isn't he? Where he sports was saying bar. Uh, well, sports bar there you go and he was saying we have the two uh, he was talking about Spironi which we should never do but he sort of said we had the two worst goalkeepers in the Premier League. I certainly think our current number one is the worst goalkeeper in the Premier League. <laughs> do, do, do you agree or disagree? 100% agree. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I'm going to get so much hate mail now, mainly from Terence, um, who's who's in, invoking the goalkeeper's union. Um, in, in I, um, I mean, don't get me wrong, Hennessy made a couple of good saves yesterday, but it's like it's that conversation we've had before when we've said, oh, you know, Wayne Hennessy was man of the match, he had a really good game. Well, you always say, well, he was just doing his job. So... You know, yeah, a couple of good saves, but he is atrocious. He, I, I just, you know, hang on. I was all for giving him the benefit of the doubt a long time ago, but I've just, I can't be asked with it anymore. There's so many Palace did. fans that yeah. just are all saying the same thing, so we can't all be wrong, can we? I don't think I do think something Terence said was was like kind of Hennessy can never win now. It's gone too far. Even if he pulls out two great saves in the game and puts in fault this display, you'll still have people like me saying, I've got no confidence in him. Um, and, and whether it's true or not, my perception is that the team don't have any confidence in him. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I just honestly thought, I, people, um, I, I welcome any, all opinions on this, if, if you think I'm wrong. But I just thought from the first minute, he just did not look comfortable and confident in goal. And I think that really does... It sets a tone in the defence, and I just had no confidence in us keeping Man United out, especially when they started putting us under pressure. You know, the corners looked so dangerous. Every cross 
you know, I mean, I don't. Wayne, Wayne started doing this thing at corners now, where he, he runs out to the edge of the six-yard box, puts two hands on one of, the, of our defenders, and then runs back to the line again. That, I mean, that doesn't achieve anything. You can't get. You shouldn't be under the, the line of the ball to the point where you have to run back to your line because you're, you're not doing either thing right. You're not getting set for a header or shot. And you're not coming and claiming for the ball. You're actually doing nothing. You're getting involved in nothing. Go on, Nick. Right. Can we just take it as given that we don't think Ennis is good? And actually, <laughs> we've created a monster that's become a self-fulfilling prophecy and talking about it for 15 minutes every whole radio show <laughs> is not going to enamour us to our listeners nor Mrs. Hennessy. Right, okay, that's true. Um, Lucy, did you uh, want to add to that before, I, before I take Nick's advice? Yeah, my final thought, I would rather watch 90 minutes of the nationwide adverts with those two women than see Wayne Hennessy in goal for Palace. <laughs> All right, fair enough, there we go. Look, take the point, Nick, you know, and you're right, it is a self-fulfilling prophecy. Similar to the Benteke situation where I'm kind of on the other side of that one, where, um, you know, despite the fact I, I 100% agree he needs to be criticised for his goal return, um, I'm, I also don't think that he's a bad player like people think he is. My daughter... Criticised me the other day for mm-hmm. criticising somebody on the telly. It was on the luge, and uh, a British person made a, a tiny error. And I said, "Oh, you're rubbish!" And she said, "How can you criticise them when you mess your pants if you try to do that? Once you can learn to luge, luge, Dad, then I'll I'll let you criticise these people. But until you've played in goal in a Premier League mm-hmm. match, leave them alone." Right, so Nick, um, you're, so what you'd say to that is, um, well, I'd say, what I would say to that is, I'd go, that's a very good point, but I'd be sneering as I said it. I go, that's a very good point, but I'd make it like a sneering face. Then I'd say, trouble is, that's not my profession. But however, I am a better, in my case, manager of a design team than Wayne Hennessy is a is Premier League goalkeeper. So I have yeah. every right to criticise. You could say, I'm a better teacher. I don't know if you are a better teacher than Wayne Hennessy is a Premier League goalkeeper. That's for you to say, not for me. But you could say that in return. And then you'd make another sneering face until she cried. I'm a better cottage cheese maker than a Premier League <laughs> goalkeeper because that was a job I did for many years. I am still learning new things, Nick. Every, every week, <laughs> I'm enjoying it. Yeah. I never know if it's going to be a joke or not. <laughs> <laughs> I do think, I mean, I know we didn't want to run this for too long, but I do think I need a brief explanation as to how you make cottage cheese. Nick, two, uh, two minutes. First of all, you need a bit of culture. You need to make up the culture the day before. That comes uh, in little tins, and you have to use a different strain. It's slightly different strain every day, otherwise uh, it becomes not workable. It's like... Um, so mould? Yeah, basically. And you um, you skim, uh, you um, pasteurise milk um, into a big vat, you add your culture to it, you add some rennet, um, you leave it at between 34 and 37 degrees and you wait for it to set and it sets, I can't remember the exact pH, uh, you then cut <laughs> it into cubes and then you because we made long life <laughs> we had to boil the frig out of it meanwhile, having prepared the dressing for the day right. before, which involved me drinking cups of cream, I'm surprised I'm not dead so am I a better cottage cheese maker than Wayne Hennessy is a Premier League goalkeeper? Have I just proved it? What yes. time? What time during that? How, I mean, how many seconds in do you think I regretted <laughs> my decision? Can I um, go to thousand 
tenth of a second. Yeah, exactly. Most of most of the time, I was laughing because Dr. was react. I knew he would react to the word culture and not understand what it was. <laughs> he, and he, he's did he say rap? Culture. <laughs> say rap. Yeah, so if you can start with your start with your South London. <laughs> he's now claiming to know what it was. Yeah, we'll see. Well, at least we could market this this particular pod to several different audiences. Well, exactly, the cottage cheese market. <laughs> Blessed are the cheesemakers. Indeed, Lucy White. <laughs> Indeed. Oh, dear. What Let's... you need is to dip a nice Farley's Rusk into it, eh, Lucy? <laughs> after, after being a little bit negative, let's face it. Um, and I, again, I don't want to talk too much about the goals that we set in the third goal. The second goal, really, again, it's a frustrating one. For me, once the ball deflects and heads towards the goal, I don't, I don't like a goalkeeper who just watches it. Um, I'm not saying necessarily, but no, I am. I am saying necessarily that if he follows that, you know, he's in a really good position to get to it first because, because as a goalkeeper, you're allowed to use your hands, you know, and you can kind of catch, couldn't you? But unfortunately, he watches it onto the bar as to the defence, and it's all really static after that. And it's a, it's a as a whole, you know, there's six six Palace defenders there who failed to stop Lukaku getting a shot away and there we go such is life and after that you fear the worst the injury time strike no one's doing anything about that and Fahenesi does well to get near it um, and that'll be Matic's only goal of the season you know <laughs> you know it it's um, yeah devastating that's safe from De Hoya though if he if if that header had no. gone in the, the game would have been so different wouldn't it and Lucy would have been happy and yeah, and Benteke's done nothing wrong with that header, is he? No, as well, he's, he's, he's exactly as it should be. And I, I you know, I angrily said, that, "Oh, look, a goalkeeper that makes saves." I'm not, I'm not expecting Hennessy to be up with De Gea because you, De Gea is one of the best, if not the best, in the Premier League. Um, and Wayne Hennessy's the worst. <laughs> exactly, but it's just you look at that, and that's the difference. Um, Has, um, De Gea played in a European Championship semi-final. <laughs> I don't know, but I don't let's ignore that. <laughs> let's ignore that. But anyway, we were being negative. Let's talk about a massive positive. Aaron Wan Basaka. Yes. A prospect. And vindication for all of those who are saying you have to give people a chance and see if they sink or swim. You've given him a we've given him a chance. Decent against Tottenham. Stepped it up hugely against Man United. Fantastic performance and and naivety occasionally in position. But I thought he was excellent. DR, what are you going to do now? What are you going to do? Well, <laughs> well, you're wrong there, Chris. Given We can't just give away chances. Just like You have to earn your chance and you have to be good enough in the first place. And Juan Basica in a, in a pre-season tour um, in Hong Kong when he played against West Brom, he even played good there from... From that day on, I've always wanted to see him. But when you talk about Kai Kai now, I don't think he's performed good enough. And I understand it's two different positions. As a defender, you're easy, it's easier to judge, judge a defender as um, Kai Kai. He needs to have goals and assists. But, but Kai Kai played against an a Ipswich side, which was not even good enough. And he didn't hey, chime. I agree. I don't know if you heard Kai Kai. I didn't say Kai Kai. But I was making the point that you have I to get... give people a chance. But I know, I know the point you're making. It's... Giving opportunities. I'm, I'm not saying every young player is gonna gonna respond. You're right. You know, Kai Kai never really showed. He showed flashes, but he never really showed proper talent like uh, like Basaka has because he's he's risen to the challenge, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. And the only other academy player that possibly 
I want to see is the Neil Kirby. Apart from that, I don't think we've got good enough players. Well, again, I, we you wouldn't. Well, you've you've picked out that he was used in, in pre-season. You like the look of him there, but I think most people wouldn't have seen that and would have thought the same about him. They would have looked at him and said, "Well, he's twenty years old. He's actually older than Fosu Mensah. He's not played before the start. You know, before we got these last couple of games, he's not played in the league. You know, he's he's, he's nowhere near a. He's only in the squad. He's only got an opportunity because we've had so many players out injured. Which, to be fair, is true." Having said that, Roy could have made several other decisions rather than play him. So he's obviously got some confidence in him. But it's just so nice to see a, a, a player respond. And you're right, he did look good pre-season, but I didn't think he'd be this good, um, especially as he's not actually been a right back that long. Nick? You, t- you were talking about the pressure of the Premier League earlier on, and that, that's why they don't get the chance. If you've, if you've got nine, nine of us, I know that nine's a bigger spy than you'd imagine, but if you've got nine really, really good players where you can afford, that that you know are going to perform week in, week out. You can afford to maybe drop one or two of the youngsters in, but but when you're in a, a your position in the league is in peril somewhat, you, you're going to want the old heads there a bit more, aren't you? But yeah, you're naturally... It was, it was forced upon us that he was, he was used and, you know, fantastic. You're right, and, and you're right that the natural inclination is to rely on experience and calm heads, and you know. But does you know? I I, I, st- I look at this, and I look at the fact that he's been chucked in against uh, Tottenham and then Man United, and he's put that level of performance in. Lewis, he's got a got to start against Chelsea, hasn't he? Giving him giving three odd games in a row. Yes, without doubt. See, do you see a bit of Kleiny in him, or was he his own player? Yeah, I, I can see what you're saying, but yeah, I, I see a little bit. Yeah, it's um, but it's so refreshing. It really is. But you just have, you know, a player who comes out of nowhere, plays with no fear, and all of a sudden it saves you fifteen or twenty million quid in the exactly. In the transfer like it's just it's wonderful, and he he was wonderful yesterday. I thought it was really good. I was really pleased for him. Do you think um, a player coming out of the academy like him, does, do, you, do they automatically have the, that right attitude and that work ethic to actually play for Palace? Is it Because when you go out and you buy someone, you, you're never guaranteed that they're going to have that aptitude. Jordan Mush. But you go out and you instead of going and buying someone, you bring someone through the academy, you already know that they're going to have that attitude, don't you? Yeah. I think you look at someone like Wilf, I mean, there are rumours that he doesn't actually support Palace and all of this, but you know for a fact when he puts on that shirt, he bleeds red and blue, whether it's for 90 minutes or, you know, whatever. You know, that passion, it comes through. And I think for if you do come through the ranks, like Jason Punchin, are we allowed to talk about him? Yeah, sure. We're definitely he's, allowed to talk about him now. Um, he's... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Nick got that. <laughs> cool. He's he's extremely passionate. He's um, yeah. I think I think it really does help coming up through the ranks. Yeah, sure. Nick, you on this, and then DR, please. Yeah, um, players coming through. I know that we we talk a lot about um the Palace way. I think we played a bit different to the Palace way because we didn't have Rip Wilf, so we weren't really a fast-breaking team. But if if you can have all your teams all the way down playing in the same style, then the players coming through should fit in a lot better. But aren't, uh, isn't Paddy using 3-5-2 in his team? 
I can't remember. Yeah, he is. Yeah, well, well, he had been. I'm not sure if he's still using it. I'm not, I, haven't, I haven't seen what's what the lineup's been for the 18s for a couple, for a few weeks. But yeah, they kind of they kind of naturally settled into that formation. Um, That's good. But um, he, he is going to be hungry um, because he, you're going to raise your game against Tottenham and Man United, aren't you? It's how he performs against Stoke or. Well, we haven't got them to play, but a Huddersfield away would be interesting. Obsessed with Stoke, mate. Obsessed with them. They are. Um, it's a weird one, Chris. I don't. I don't think when an academy player comes up, not every academy player is going to be um, hungry. And yes, of course, it's going to like Wan Bissaka. You can see they're going to have a passion there. But I think it depends on the players' attitudes. As some youngsters, um, they might not have the correct attitude. But whereas Wan Bissaka, as we see, they do have the correct attitude. So. I don't think as soon as you come from the academy and given a first-team opportunity, you're going to have the passion and you're going to have the desire. Mm. I think it depends on the individuals um, rather than just saying, oh, he's coming from academy, so he's going to 100%. I know what you mean, but I was kind of getting at the fact that it's much more likely you'll see him break through if they have that because to stay at the academy and get a professional contract, that's kind of the bare minimum. But I know what you say. There's some who get through on, on talent, almost talent alone, and they never have the the right attitude and generally those are the ones you don't end up making it um, like Ravel, uh, Ravel, like Morrison uh, Ravel, is it Ravel Morrison what was his Ravel name? Morrison yeah yeah. yeah yeah like afterwards you saw he didn't make it so we just have to wait and see Wan Bissiko he had the first a high profile team and as I think Nick said let's see how he does against Huddersfield but I would have him as a first choice right back from now on because he has huge potential and he does have the talent there so let's just see how his attitude goes on can well, I, can I- can I just pull um, DR up on something? Mm-hmm. Sure. He burst another team. <laughs> what, he wrote poetry about them? What? <sighs> right. to, you guys, know, you can talk about this after we finish recording. Stop stop pulling him up on that. I thought you were going to put him up on a legitimate football point. <laughs> no, Picture. it's just English, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just wanted to wax lyrical a little bit before we end about his recovery um, challenges. Um, the fact that he's prepared to just perfectly time a sliding challenge in the box. He actually nearly got one wrong in the first sort of five minutes on um, on Sanchez. But after that, it was absolute perfection. You think, ah, oh, you know, Rashford's got past him a bit easy there. Oh, <laughs> you know, his recovery <laughs> pace and the, the time in the challenge was bewildering. I think you could see there's still obviously that that naivety in there which you can't isn't is certainly not a criticism you know because he was very very quick just to clear the ball out of danger um but he was a bit hasty at times with doing that but you know that will come with as the confidence grows and you can actually see him as the game plate went on he, he started to get much more involved in an attacking sense you saw a few step overs a couple of attempted crosses and he will be able to do that from you know he's grounding as a, as a winger over the last sort of seven eight years at, at palace before converting um, but the interesting thing about his conversion from a winger to, to a fullback is that he hasn't seems to have natural instincts about that position. You know, at one stage you kind of look at him, and you think, oh, he's doing a bit of a PVA, he's wandering about the place. But actually, he was perfectly positioned a couple of times to 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 deal with the the break that was on. You know, you can see he's reading the game extremely well. I'm really really excited about him as a prospect. I I, I didn't see this coming. I thought he would do well. And I thought I thought he would probably do better going forward than he would going back. But it's interesting. You heard the comments that, that came out, apparently, that, that Wilf made pre-season. 
where he said his toughest opponent was was Van Bissaka in training games because he kept getting because every time he thinks he's past him, um, suddenly this foot comes out of nowhere and takes the ball off him. And can you imagine that you're that you're when you, you break into that first team training environment and you're learning by facing up against Wilfred Zaha every time? That's got that's you know got to teach you how to defend very very quickly, hasn't it? Um, and I think that in its in itself shouldn't be underestimated about how how much that's helped in his development and his adjustment to that position. But such credit to the kid. He's he, you know he interviews pretty well. Seems really quiet by him. You know we'll, we'll see um, as he grows in confidence how, how he comes across. But he he looks like I say looks a real prospect. You can get excited about these players a little bit too much and, and go overboard, but. So you know he will have dips in form like every young player, and, and we'll see how he um, how he carries on. But he's ta- given, been given a chance and taken it, and you love to see it. Um, somebody said he was like I think you said he was uh, reminded you of Klein. He reminds me more of Moses in that kind of wing back position because when he was getting forward, I'm quite I'm quite close to that touch touchline yeah. that we played down in the second half in the main stand. Is he wasn't as as trickery as Wilf. Is that a word? It's trickery. I've just pulled DR up and then used yeah. made up words myself. Yeah, but, <laughs> um, but they were worried about him, and he was getting yeah. past them without, without doing stepovers and whatnot. Yeah. And he, that 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 cross shot. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Oh, that would have been. Yeah, I mean, obviously a cross, but you know, <laughs> still still early days though. Don't um, it is, yeah. Don't, yeah. Let's, don't, um, don't... Not build him up too much and yeah. let him develop rather than called him a superstar already. Yeah, exactly. And you know, again, this is this the Premier League. You know, he could get a very very tough game any time, um, and you, you've got to see how he can handle that as well. You know, and if the worst happens and we go down, he'll, he'll certainly be first choice right back all season. Um, if he doesn't, he's now a proper challenger for anyone who's in that position, um, and that's what you like to see. Well, we'll know how good he is by how much Huddersfield try and kick him in a couple of weeks. Yep, assuming he's <laughs> kept in the team. I don't know. We just don't know from week to week, do we? But yeah. there we go. All right. Um, any other business before we go? I'll go around you all like I do at work with my team. <laughs> Lucy, any other business? Um, I just want to shout out to a chap called Angus, who knows my dad and his friend Brian. Um, he always listens to the show and he's missed us when we've not been on. So I just want to give him a big shout out. So, hey, Angus. Hi, Angus. Nice one. I'd, I'd like to say uh, hi to Mike down in Plymouth. Um, been in hospital recently and uh, hope he's getting better. Um, that's a good sentiment, Nick. However, if you were in my team, you'd now be on a disciplinary because you didn't wait for me to say, have you got any other business, Nick? <laughs> How presumptuous of me. Yeah. So if you did have any other other business, too late now. DR, oh. what you got, mate? Anything? Um, uh... <laughs> <laughs> oh, useless. Oh, I've enjoyed. I've enjoyed speaking to you all today. Um, hope, well, you'll hopefully be listening to this before what I'm about to plug. So we are on Love Sport Radio um, Thursday. It'd be Albert and myself for the first show, and a, and a cavalcade of duos after that. Um, we'll be doing seven till nine Thursday night. Um, it's on DAB, it's online, it's on some sort of other radio. Google it, <laughs> you'll find us. Um, I currently haven't written the show plan. I have no idea what it's going to be. So, But chances are we'll have another look back at the, the Man United game, uh, a look ahead to the game against Chelsea and just talk some general stuff, probably about goalkeepers this week. 
so if you've had your fill of fantasy, maybe give it a miss. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, I'm not on. <laughs> but uh, do join us for that. Um, I'll be back with a review show soon. I think Terence is having to skip the preview show this week um, due to lack of his lack of availability and, and the fact that Albert's uh, with myself on the Thursday and recording day. So the next show will hopefully be a live show on a Sunday for a change. That'd be good, wouldn't it? Mm. When we playing Chelsea? <laughs> 5.30 Saturday. There you go, sweet. Be a live show on the Sunday. Nice. And, uh, have have fun on the boat, everyone that goes to that. I wish I was going too. Indeed. Party boats. Cheers all. Thanks for listening. Thanks to Sam for producing. Thank you to Nick, to Lucy and to DR. I've been amazing. Let's go. Bye. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.